Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Well, it was the summer of 2015, and I found myself waking up day after day simply not feeling like myself. If you know me, you know I'm generally pretty upbeat, I'm super driven, I'm hardworking, very motivated, and I found myself waking up day after day feeling just sad, sad. I was in a really hard season of life, and I had three little kids all at home still. Nobody had started full-time school, so that was fun. Uh, They were five, three, and one, and always there. And my husband was traveling for work a lot. He has this great job, but it took him on lots of little work trips. And I was in a really hard season of ministry. It was like my eighth year, and it just ebbs and flows. And this was a hard season. And so I found myself waking up day after day, just like not feeling like me. And I had the thought like, man, is, is is this what depression feels like? Like, I'd never struggled with depression, although people in my family have. And I remember asking God, like, what are we going to do? Because, man, if nothing changes, nothing's going to change. And I can't keep going on like this. Something's off. I I don't know what it was. It was really hard to put my finger on, but I felt like my soul was just depleted. I felt like I had no peace. And when I talk about my soul, I'm kind of talking about the the mix of my will and my emotions uh, and my mind all jumbled up together. I just didn't feel like me. But again, I was like, Lord, something's got to give. If nothing changes, nothing's going to change. I don't know if you've been there before where you found areas of your life where you're just simply lacking the peace that you read about in Scripture. Maybe you're struggling with uh, some relationships with people. Maybe you're struggling in your finances or your physical health isn't what you want it to be. Maybe your spirit simply feels, you know, depleted because you feel disconnected from God. Whatever it is, there are seasons of our life where we tend to feel like something's just off. I don't have the peace that I read about in Scripture. But do you know that deep within the core of our being, what we're longing to see is wholeness? Wholeness in every area. Because that's the destination that was written on humanity since the beginning of time. We were made to be whole. There's so much peace that comes from living out that wholeness, too. And we're in this series called Holy and Whole, Habits for Transformation. And our prayer for you, church family, here in Urbana and also Sullivan Vineyard Live, welcome. Our prayer for you is the same prayer that Paul prayed over the church in Thessalonica. So I'm going to read this here, 1 Thessalonians 5. It says, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Wholeness is what we're going after, that we would be whole in spirit and soul and body. Wholeness is the outcome we want, and the fruit of that wholeness is peace. So we're going to pray today before we jump into the text and see what God has to say about peace in our lives. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I just thank you that you're in this place. Thanks for being with us today, Lord. Thank you for being our teacher. And we welcome you right now just just to teach us what we need to know. We want an encounter with you, Lord. So we just welcome you here. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, well, before we dive into the text, I want to take a few minutes and recap some of the things we've been talking about the last few weeks, because they're really key for us understanding transformation on the whole. So we gave you a graph. Who loves graphs? Yeah, some of you do. Not me, but that's okay. I did this for you. All right, there's three layers of behavior change. What we would call this, this is transformation. We want to see transformation in our lives. And the three layers are the outcomes, the processes, and the identity. So outcome, that is like when we make the resolution at New Year's. That's the thing we say we want. The outcome is, is, is the thing we're going after. So maybe your resolution this year is, I want to be financially free, right? I want to get out of debt. That's my goal. That's my outcome. The process is the way we get to the outcome. The process is what we would call our habit. It's the thing that we do to get the thing that we say we want, right? So if we want to get out of debt, we want to be financially free, what's our process? Budget. We're going to make a budget, and you know what? We're going to stick to it. Hey, habit, okay? Why do we do those things? Because the identity is who we are. We would say, my identity is, because I'm a good steward, I'm going to budget so that I can live financially free. But all three of these things work together to experience the transformation that we say that we want. Transformation is threefold, and so we have to allow our identity be, to be transformed so that we can transform our habits so we can get the, process, or the, the outcome that we say we want. Okay, in his book, Atomic Habits, which we've referenced during this series a little bit, James Clear says the, the reason we don't all see success with our goals, so we hit the resolution and a couple weeks in we're like, and I fell off the wagon. The reason is not because our goal is bad. He says it's because we don't stick to our habits or the process. There's a quote from the book I love that says this. It says, you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. We don't see the outcome we say we want because we don't know how to stick to the process, the habit. So biblically, is there a precedent for this, right? That our systems, our processes, are those things really important to the Lord? Well, we're going to jump back in to see what transformation looks like in the scripture. We're going to pull up that 1 Thessalonians 5 again. Here's what it says. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. What do we know? We know that we have already been made whole and holy because of Jesus. We talked about this week one, so if you missed it, go back and listen. That is our new identity. But what piques my interest here is that Paul says, may God keep you fit. What does that mean? We've already been made brand new. We're already whole. May God keep you fit. Ah, the process, the habit. It's really important that our habits are partnered with Holy Spirit so that we can stay fit on the journey because it's a journey, amen, it's a journey, right? We've learned the importance of keeping our body fit, which we talked about in here, that was first, the first week. We've learned about keeping our spirit fit, which Brandon talked about last week, and today we're gonna talk about what it means to keep our soul fit for the long haul. So first we gotta know what we're talking about when we say the word soul. It can feel a little new agey, a little ethereal, a little out there, oh my soul, right? It's biblical, we just read it, soul. <laughs> It's often described that the soul is a mix of three parts. I have another graph for you. Are you ready? You're welcome. Soul, the mix of the mind and the will and the emotions. And what happens with the soul is the soul ends up being the driver for our actions or our habits. So it's really important that our soul stays healthy. How do the three parts work together? 
The emotions, that's the feeling that you feel to live out your desired outcome. It's the feeling that you have that drives the action. The will is the decision that you make. It's the determination to carry out the action that you say you want. And the mind is the decision maker. The mind is where it says, this is what we're going to do. Body, this is what we're going to do. Okay, so it's a threefold. They all work together. Mind, uh, will, and emotions. Why is this important? Why do we need to understand how this all works together? Because where our mind goes, our actions follow. We said last week, what you believe, you achieve. Where the mind goes, our actions follow. So if we're not seeing the outcomes we say we want, it's because we're not actually doing the things that we say we want to do, and it all starts with the soul. So we have to start with the mind. The mind is very important. I want us to read a scripture here in Romans 12:2 that talks about the mind. We'll have it up on the screen for you. It says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Another translation says, let God renew your mind. So I'll reference that a lot today. Okay, why is it so important that we allow God to renew our mind? This is where transformation happens when we change the way that we think. One of my most favorite prayers to pray is this. Holy Spirit, show me what I don't see. Holy Spirit, show me what I don't see. Why? Sometimes what we see isn't reality. Our perspective isn't right. We need Holy Spirit to step in and show us what we don't see. Why is it so important that we're not copying the customs and the behaviors of this world? Because the world is flawed. The world is a messed up version of what was supposed to be. And here's the deal. The world comes in and we allow the world to have so much access to our soul. How's it getting in? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you, what are you hearing on Audible? That's how I read these days. It's great. What are you watching on Netflix? The world is speaking into our soul and we're allowing that voice to be the thing that we follow rather than allowing Holy Spirit to renew our mind. Holy Spirit is saying, listen to me, not the world. We are inundated with lots of voices and he wants to clear the clutter, okay? Think about some of the great messages the world has for us today. You do you. That's okay, you do you. Live your truth. Treat yourself. We actually like that one. YOLO, I don't know if we're still saying that, by the way, but it was there for a season. You only live once, right? YOLO. What is inherently wrong with all these things? The world is saying, if you feel it, follow it. If it feels good, do it. How might this get us into trouble? We say we want this thing. We say we want to go after this outcome. I don't feel like it, so then my habits get messed up, and I don't do the thing that I say I want to do. Just this week, I was at Starbucks. Just the one, well, two times, let's be honest. Okay, <laughs> two times. My decision going to Starbucks was to get Grande Blonde Americano. That is my drink, just in case you need to know that for the future. <laughs> I get to the drive-in, and I'm sitting there, and I look at the screen to order, and look what Starbucks' screen says. Follow your feeling. It's like, oh my gosh, I get my cell phone out, I'm like, I can't believe it, follow your feeling. How does this get me into trouble? My decision, Grande Blonde Americano. If I follow my feeling, 
I might follow my way to a little muffin I don't need, right? Follow your feeling. Does that derail my habits? It could have. Follow your feeling. We're not seeing the outcomes we say we want because we're following our feelings everywhere. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. We want our soul to stay in check, which means our emotions and our mind and our will all have to be working together. But you know what? They're always in tension. Why? All three parts want to sit in the driver's seat. The emotions especially, they're like, hey, pick me. I'm really fun. I'm the feeling. Let me make the decisions. Do you know that's not their role? Your, your emotions are not supposed to be making the decisions. That's for the mind. How does this play out in our lives? We'll go back to our money example because I love to talk about money. We say the outcome I want is I want to be financially free. I want to live with freedom. That's my outcome. My process is I'm going to budget. I'm going to stick to it. That's my habit. Why? Because I am a good steward. That's who Jesus says I am. However, I had a really long day at work today. Gosh, it was so bad. And I get off work and I think, I don't feel like making dinner because I never do. <laughs> I don't feel like it. So what do we do? Oh, well, let's, my feelings are telling me we should order Papa John's. I think there's a really good feeling. Now, I know that that is not in the budget. I know we didn't budget for that, but this is what my feelings are telling me I want to do. And it derails the outcome we say we're going after. Why? Because I don't want to stick to the budget to get the financial freedom that I say that I want. When our feelings become the driver of our decisions, we don't see the transformation that we long for. We need to renew our minds. Now, am I saying that feelings don't matter? Because everyone who feels a lot of things, right now you're really mad at me. I know, it's okay. <laughs> feelings matter. They are, your emotions are such an important part of the soul. But as every good psychologist will tell you, emotions are data. They are not directives. Let me say it again. Emotions are data. They are not directives. So a feeling is simply information. It's not a command, right? It's not something we have to obey or even pay attention to, but we do. Why? We feel it. Oh, but I feel it. She said that thing, and it made me feel like this, so I have to do this. Feelings. Feelings will derail our transformation if we let them start driving our decisions. Look, in my house, I got two daughters, so many feelings. Like, it's unbelievable, the amount of feelings. And what happens when you have the feeling? The feeling, you, you want to let it out, right? So what do they do? They let their feelings out by throwing themselves on the floor, literally screaming, kicking. Does this happen to you? I must need to work on my parenting. Okay, anyway, they just flop on the floor, and what do they say? This is the worst day ever! <laughs> You've heard it. Their feelings are just fighting to get out. And here's the thing. Almost always, the issue is not the issue. Their feeling is real. Their emotion is very real. We say it all the time in my house. You can feel what you feel. I will never tell you how to feel. But what you do with those feelings is very important. So you can feel what you feel, but the issue is not the issue. What, what's usually the issue? Uh, they need an app, maybe a little snack, maybe they need to use the restroom. I don't know. Like Part of my job is to help transform their little mind because they can't see things the way that they should. The feelings aren't the problem. The emotions aren't the problem. But the emotions are information to go, hey, 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 something's off. But it's not a command. It's not a directive. You don't have to follow that 
feeling, or it will derail your transformation. Even as adults, we, we do this. Hopefully, it's a little classier than throwing ourselves on the floor. Um, but we do this, right? We have the feeling. We have the emotion. What do we do? We bring our friends in, and we say, I just got to vent for a moment. And I just got to get these feelings out. Join me in my drama, please. We don't say it, but that's what's happening. Come on in. It's a party, right? Validate me and my feelings. Emotions want to get out, or we're really good at keeping them in, and you know what we do? We master the art of overthinking. Oh, because the emotions just come right up here, and then they just have a heyday in your mind, right? What do you start doing? You write scenarios, right? Oh, she looked at me weird. <gasps> she hates me. She's out, she's out to get me. She doesn't want to be my friend. We start writing these fictitious scenarios in our mind, all because we have a feeling. And we, we just let it, we let it play over and over and over. Do you know that's stealing your life? Don't let your emotions steal your life. We must renew our minds. It's interesting to me that scripture doesn't say renew your feelings. What is this? This is permission to feel what you feel. That's not wrong. If you have a feeling, feel it. But you got to renew your mind. Why? You simply might not have the right perspective. You simply might not seeing things as they truly are. Feelings are information. They are data. They are not directives. We don't have to follow them. And there's been an abuse of feelings in our society. We know this, right? Some of you were raised to believe that feelings don't matter at all. Shut your feelings off. Don't feel those. Feelings make you weak. We swing to the other ditch. Today's society says only feelings matter. Feelings are the only thing. If you feel it, follow it. Eesh. We're living in two ditches. We got to get right back to the middle. Your feelings, your emotions, they matter, but you've got to keep them in check within the totality of your soul. They have to know their role. They're there for information. They're not there to make decisions. So I have an action step for you. You're welcome. When you feel the feels this week, because the emotions come, some of you say, oh, I don't feel anything. Have you felt anger lately? That's an emotion. I just want to throw that out there, because usually that's, that's the sneaky one nobody talks about. When you have an emotion, so say this week something happens and, oh, I'm angry. What are we going to do with it? What we usually do is become welcoming hosts rather than wise investigators. What do I mean? Something happens, I'm angry. Welcoming host anger. Hi, so nice to see you. It's been a while. Well, not too long, like we just did this yesterday, but welcome, anger. Come on in. Can I take your coat? Have a seat, anger. What are we going to do today? We welcome the feeling in, the emotion in, rather than being a wise investigator that says, Anger, I see you. What's your role? Who sent you? What are you here to do? <laughs> wise investigators. It's not wrong to feel the feel. It's not wrong to see the emotion or experience the emotion. But are we going to be welcoming hosts? Or are we going to be wise investigators? What is the point of this? This is data. This is information. It matters. It's not a directive. Part of our soul transformation is that we're bringing Holy Spirit into this whole process. Holy Spirit wants to help show you what you cannot see. He wants to partner with you to see the transformation that we say we long to see. It is constant cooperation with Holy Spirit to renew our minds, not our feelings. It's okay to feel the feels, but renew your mind so that you have his perspective, so that we say, Holy Spirit, show me what I don't see. And do you know the result of this? Peace. Gosh, when we live with all the emotions, do you know that's exhausting? 
Do you know every emotion is not ours to hold? You, you can feel it, but you don't have to keep it. You can let that go. We want to have peace as we learn to allow Holy Spirit to transform every area of our life. And there's a guy in scripture who did this so well. He learned the importance of keeping his soul in check, his mind and his will and his emotions. And what I love about this guy is that he saw the transformation he longed to see, but it was a journey. It was a habit that happened along the way. And if you've been in the church for any length of time, you've heard of him before. His name is Daniel. And you've probably heard about Daniel and the lion's den, which we'll get to the lions, like that was important. But what I love about Daniel is that this was a guy of mad character. Daniel was a guy who, like literally everything he touches turns to gold. Do you know these people in your life? You're like, all they do is win. Like, I don't know how they do this. Like everything he does is right. The scripture says that there were 120 top leaders. And of those 120, Daniel was like at the top of the top. Right? He was a man of character. He succeeded at everything he did. So I want to pick up here in chapter 6, and you can go back and read the whole story this week, but we're going to highlight a couple of the verses. It says in verse 3, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over an entire empire. So Daniel is standing out, right? We don't know what it was. We don't know if he had a spirit of excellence or he was really good relationally or just, you know, had great leadership gifts, but he wins every time. He's a boss, right? There was something really special about him and it earned him great favor with the king, so much so that he was preparing for this promotion. What happens at your workplace when people start winning? How do the coworkers feel about that? They're taking my job. They're, they're, they're taking my space. Like, he, oh, he's having success. This is wrong, right? Jealousy, anger, malice, all this stuff starts coming out of people when you start having a little success. That's what happened with Daniel. So the guys around him, they're looking for any dirt they can get on Daniel to like get him out of this promotion, okay? And here's what it says in verse four. Uh, then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So these coworkers are looking for ways to get rid of him and trip him up. They can't find anything, which is probably super annoying, right? The guy who always wins keeps winning. And they decide, oh, oh, wait, what do we know about Daniel. Everyone in the land knew that Daniel was faithful to his God. They knew this about him. They knew that Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day because he would open up the windows. It was very public. He wasn't hiding this. And they thought, this is it. This is how we'll get him. So they tricked the king into issuing a decree that says anyone who prays to anybody except the king in the next 30 days is going to be thrown into the den with the lions, i.e., you're going to die, right? How, how do you think Daniel might feel about this? There's probably some deep emotion, right? Some deep, first of all, like we like our freedom. Imagine not having the freedom to pray. I would hate that. Imagine what it feels like to have everybody against you. Like no one's fighting on your side. I'm sure he felt some things. He was probably mad because he's a good guy and this is not fair. These guys are working against him, trying to trip him up. He's probably scared, worried. All these feelings are real. But what does he do with it? This is what matters. What he does with the feelings was very important. And it says in verse 10 this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day 
just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. This was his habit. This was Daniel's process for staying fit. Do you know what happens when you commune with the Lord? Your mind is renewed. And so three times a day he was meeting with the Lord and saying, God, renew my mind. His, his habit was intimacy and fellowship with the Father. And you know what the fruit of that is? Peace. You can feel a lot of things about this situation. Nobody likes me. I should just move. I'm never going to succeed here. And nobody prays here like I do. This place isn't for me. He doesn't do that. The Lord renews his mind and brings peace that only the Father can bring. And what happens? In peace, Daniel walks into the lion's den. In peace, he goes in. They're out to kill him, but in peace, he walks in, and the Lord is with him. And the Lord sends an angel to close the mouths of the lions. It doesn't mean they weren't hungry, right? He closed the mouths of the lions, and he walked out the next morning completely unscathed, not a scratch on him. It's supernatural, and he had the peace to do it. I love that the king was actually thrilled. The king loved Daniel so much, and he was glad he made it out alive. He hated he had been tricked. And he issues a brand new decree that says, no, 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 from now on, we will pray to Daniel's God, the one true God that's our God, right? It, it was amazing. But what would have happened if he allowed his habit to get off track and derail his transformation? If he didn't have a habit of intimacy and fellowship with the Father, he might not have had his mind renewed. He certainly wouldn't have had the peace that he needed to walk into that lion's den. Some of you need some peace today. Some of you need peace in the process. But to do that, we have to renew our minds. We have to let the Father do that. We have to choose not to let our emotions drive our decisions. This is what it says in Philippians uh, 4. Verse 6 and 7, it says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Daniel did this, right? Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Daniel didn't go in complaining. It's like, God, can you believe this? Can you believe what we have to deal with today? These crazy people out to get me. He thanked him. Thank you, God, for always being faithful. Thank you, God. Can't wait to see how you pull this one out. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. This is what we're going after, church. The peace that, that transforms our lives. Peace is the result of wholeness in our body, our soul, and our, and our spirit. Do you know we don't have permission to worry? We wear it like a badge, like, well, I'm just really worried. Stop. We don't have permission. We have permission to receive his peace. Now, there's areas in our lives right now where we're not experiencing that peace in every area of our life. I know I, I started off by telling you I was in a season in the summer of 2015 where I didn't have peace, right? Something felt unsettled. Something felt off. Uh, I didn't feel like myself. I was unmotivated, and my emotions were going crazy. I was like, something's got to change, and if nothing changes, nothing will change. So what are we changing, Lord? And this is what he said. He said, I want you to join the YMCA. I said, that sounds terrible. I don't want to do that. I don't feel like it. He said, no, this is what we're going to do. Why? He saw what I couldn't see. This is why you have to have your mind renewed. The Father knew what I didn't know. What he knew was if I would spend some time making a habit of getting my body stronger, my mind would become sharper. 
Do you know that we're like integrated beings? It's kind of all of it. It all works together. And where I couldn't see, I'm like, Lord, just change my feels. And he's like, actually, if you do this thing, it's really going to help you. If you make a habit of going to the gym, your mind will be sharper. You'll, be, you'll feel clearer. You'll feel more like you. Do you know what else he saw? He saw that I was longing for some community. Do you know I love, 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 love group fitness? I would have had no idea if I wouldn't have been obedient. I love punching and kicking things so much. I wouldn't have known if unless I went. I love the music and I love lifting weights and I love the people that I've met. He saw what I couldn't see. Now, how do we stay fit? It's a journey. In every area of our life, we've been made brand new, but the process of staying fit means we have to keep our habits in check. Okay? So I have to have a habit of ignoring my feelings every week. Listen, the alarm goes off at 5.30. Nobody feels like going. No, I never. I never do. If I followed my feeling, I would hit snooze and roll back over and never go. But I never regret getting up. Do you know why? It's my mind. I have zero motivation to stay in shape. This is just the truth. I don't actually care. I'm not motivated by that. But I am motivated by keeping my mind sharp. It's really good for me, and it's good for everybody around me. Promise. <laughs> Where in your life are you looking for transformation? It might not come in the way you think it will. Ask Holy Spirit to renew your mind to show you what you can't see. We want to be transformed people. Do you know that this is a personal journey? Jesus loves you personally. He cares so much about your individual life. And what works for me is not going to be your journey. Hear this. It's personal for you. There's no magic formula. There's no quick fix. There's no special pill. You have to ask Holy Spirit, what does this look like for me? How am I going to journey this personally? But so many times we're like, uh, but don't tell me what to do. Right? Oh, that, that's great, but please don't tell me to go to the Y. We have to, do you know what would be unloving of him to not show you there's a better way? We feel like that correction is like, but you're not, oh, telling you what to do. It would be unloving of him to say, surely I just stay there. I know it's kind of wrecking your life right now, all those feels. Just, that's fine, feel what you feel. That would be unloving. He loves me so much. He said, hey, there's a better way for you. Let me show you. And part of the transformation is leaning in, is having constant cooperation with Holy Spirit so that we can experience whole and holy lives, totally transformed habits so we can live out the peace that is promised us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for being um, a great helper. <laughs> thank you, Lord, that you always show us that there's a better way. And I thank you, Lord, that you don't leave us to do it on our own. God, we welcome you to show us the areas of our life that need transformation. We want to live with the peace that comes from that. So we just welcome you to be our teacher and our ongoing encouragers as we stay fit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teaching.